If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Aloha! It's the CU Podcast. Jesus Christ. Tuesday, September 10th, 2019, alongside Ian Ferguson. Hello. I'm Pat Contry. We'll be discussing lots of fun stuff like the Nintendo Direct and Terry coming on board. Smash Brothers. I'm upset about that, Ian. Um, the Super Nintendo games added to Switch Online. Out of nowhere, Neo Geo Joystick with built in fighting games. Dreamcast 20th anniversary. The first look at the new GameStop and more. Ian, did you know aloha not just means hello, it also means love. Yeah, and also goodbye. It's love. It means a lot of things, I think. I went to Hawaii Uh the past three, four days. You hit us up. Tell us what that's all about. Do I look, do I have a glow about me? I'm not really tanned that much. I use sunscreen. The first thing I did was look for a tan, and I didn't see one, so I assume you must deathly, have had a bad time. I'm deathly afraid of, afraid of melanoma, so I, I do like SPF 30 or 50, and plus I have olive skin, so it deflects a little bit. But no, I, I had fun. Um, I I, uh, I went over on, was it Thursday? Wednesday night, red eye, Thursday. So I was there for like three, three, three and a quarter days. And um, there'll be a picture, a slideshow on the, on the video version that Kieran will put in. I, I did a I did a hike into the rainforest, so that's what I guess what people don't realize about Hawaii is that there's no rainforest in the continental U.S. It's just Hawaii, so there's no jungle you can visit in the U.S. You get close, but you don't really get a jungle. So it's like jungle all around, like in people's backyards. Mm-hmm. And this was on the east coast, the east side of Oahu, which is like the second biggest island. That's where um, Honolulu is in Waikiki. So there's a lot of tourist stuff there. In, um, and obviously, Island of Maui is a lot of tourist stuff. Those like the two touristy islands. So on the on the east side, though, it was more like the wilderness and like the farm, the country, right? So I decided while I was waiting for my friend to get out of work, I decided to go look up like local like trails to go hiking. And there was one like ten minutes away, ten minute Uber. I get dropped off, and it's like a neighborhood. You're like, what is this? It's in a neighborhood. It's like picturing like back at home, like you, someone one lives near the woods, except this is a massive rainforest that you live around. <laughs> And, and 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 so I did this hike, and it was about an hour, twenty minutes, one way to get to these waterfalls. That's the goal: get to these water, this waterfall. You can go taking taking a swim, and hopefully not get eaten by a sea creature or a lake monster. Um, and it said moderate on the uh, on the like there's like a trails.com sort of site. And so I went there. Uh, what is it? What, what was it? Was it Monawili Falls? Monawili Falls. It said moderate. Yeah, Monawili Falls. That's right. Went and. It was difficult, and I, my first uh, my first indication was like there was no old people walking this trail. It was like everyone like twenty five and under, and I used to go hiking with my dad, you know, and somewhat difficult stuff when I was like twelve, thirteen. But that was like wasn't rainforest stuff, and so the warning was like it was really going to be muddy and expect to be covered in mud. It wasn't covered in mud, but it was like sometimes up to your knees because it was it was there was some danger happening here. I hurt my shoulder. <laughs> bracing myself there was like you had to go down some rocks you had to cross the cross the the, the the river you had to cross the stream almost a river like three times which was only like knee deep 
at most. It wasn't like dangerous, dangerous, but you got muddy. It was, and there was some steep stuff going on. And, uh, and so I got to the waterfall and it was fun. And I didn't go all the way in. I went up like to waist high because like the rocks were weird. I was afraid of, I scraped my foot. I was afraid of like twisting an ankle. Plus with my shoulder, I literally hurt it. Same shoulder I threw out in the punching bag, heavy bag a year and a half ago. I didn't want to, in case I got in trouble and not swim, my, my arm give out. But uh, I went that. That was fun. That was really fun. We did a farmer's market, local Ooh. farmer's market. That was good. Got the local um, uh, papaya soft serve ice cream with vanilla mixed in. It was delicious. Nice. Local local grass-fed burgers. Uh, really good. Um, and then, um, let's see, go in the order of the stuff we did. Then I went to, uh, on, on, uh, on Saturday, we went to uh, Kualoa Ranch. Which is a huge, like five thousand acre private reserve. It's not, it's not a state park. It's a, but it might as well be. It's a private reserve. And if you've ever seen Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, that's Kualoa Ranch or Jumanji. Any any Hollywood movie that needs a rainforest or you know the open plains with like mountains in the background, and that's Kualoa Ranch. It's it's majestic. It's beautiful. Um, that was worth it. Like so, you did like a little tour on a bus and you stopped at different areas and you got to walk around and I wanted to run away. Like I wanted to just like run up into the mountains and be away from civilization when I was standing there because it was like so serene. You just heard some birds chirping. And that's the one thing about, I guess, Hawaii they don't tell you is that there's no snakes. That's why they're very like, you'll go to prison if you try to bring a snake into the country. Oh. Like it's, there's no snakes. There's no snakes. Um, And there's no like a lot of critters either. So there's like there's like some pigs that I mean pigs were brought over I think or they had pigs I forget no I think they were brought over. I don't know they have pigs uh, anyway so um, there's no like squirrels or like lots of and there's like lizards and stuff like that but there's no like there's no like bears to worry about or like mam like big mammals if that makes sense you don't have to worry about that stuff so like I'm just like standing here pristine you know no no snakes on the ground to worry about and then I just wanted to like, I just wanted to like be done with everything i just want to go up to the mountains and live like a mountain man in hawaii on the ranch there but there was a wedding going on there at the same time uh but yeah i did like a movie tour like they, they film like uh obviously stuff from hawaii 5 we saw the gilligan's island island which is like literally right off the beach there so they, oh there's where they filmed gilligan's island there they could just walk to shore from there <laughs> if they really wanted to uh and it was it was incredible it, it was like so so worth it and then we also did like a little tour of like the little farm and got to eat like local dried fish, like like fish jerky mm. and uh, star fruit, which I never had before. Well, star fruit's good, really good, and yeah, it was really nice. They did dried star I, fruit. I just want I want I want to do a Hawaiian diet and get like ripped and just eat like fish and fruit, you know, and the and the poi, the poi, which is like the like their form of rice. It's like the uh, purplish gel thing they make. Oh yeah yeah you yeah, know? it's delicious. And then on Sunday went to the beach. Uh, we went to uh, 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 was it Kailua uh, Beach is one of the top rated beaches. Like, it's on continental U.S., but it's beautiful, pristine. I, I you know I haven't been into the Pacific Ocean. I know it's my my story is very tiring. Here. It's, it's like doing, it's like doing a slideshow. Um, I have not been in the Pacific. We're right here, but I went because these are like not crystal crystal clear like we hear about Bermuda, but it was like aqua blue you've literally never put your feet in the water i put my feet in the water i've never like dove in oh okay but i went into the i went into the hawaiian beach and it was great and there was like not really many people there it's like new jersey you got to get there by like 7 30 in the morning or else it's packed people started coming i guess it's a whole they call it island time people started coming at like 10 30 11 when we were leaving (laughs) 
you know, and then of course you had to do the luau. You got to do the luau. It was an incredible presentation. They did they did dances representing uh, you know uh, New Zealand, Hawaii, uh, Samoa. Um, they didn't do a one from Tonga and Tahiti, and it was, it was great. It was, you know, so I, it was fun. It was relaxing. You know, that's why I feel really really laid back. So if any weird stuff happened over the weekend, you know, I don't care about it. I'm just and I got I got my shells here. There you go. I'll be, I'll be wearing this every podcast going forward. No, that's not going to happen. Um, but no, I, I obviously Hawaii is not. Um, the, 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 depending where you are, it's, it could be probably really expensive to fly there if you're on the East Coast. Probably like really expensive. But um, I'd, I'd recommend getting out there. I don't know if I could do a whole week. I think a three three days was fine. Probably like four to five is probably the sweet spot for Hawaii because I was exhausted. Uh, probably probably from that hike itself where I almost died. But uh, it, it it was funny. Ian. Ian. Did you miss me? No. No. Okay, great. Um, you were gone for three days, Pat. Three and a quarter. Well, the food sounds amusing. Well, actually, no. I was there for three and a quarter. I left on Wednesday night, but yeah, four days. I want to eat the fish jerky. It was good. That's and that's... then my then my friend took took bag took a, took a bag back and put it on the counter, and then Benny the cat got in there well, and ate it all. That doesn't surprise me. I was going to say, all. like, why, why didn't you put it away? He's like, I don't, she said, I don't, I don't know. And, like, Benny just ate it all. Like, it was, like, probably the best <laughs> food ever. And was like, what the hell is this? And got in there. Mmm, delicious. Well, while you were gone, I uh, played video games. I uh, started what playing... What are those? They're a game. <clears throat> I started playing um, Monster Hunter World again, which is going to be bad. Big expansion came out this week, so I'm trying to get caught up on that. But uh, I also started playing River City Girls. I started playing that yesterday. Uh, that's WayForward's new release. Um, obviously a take on River City Ransom, only this we time. We discussed it before, yeah, I think. Yep. But this time, the boys are kidnapped and the girls must do the rescuing. Um, I was not shocked. I, I guess I was shocked. That was like trending on Twitter when I saw it from a while. I was like, wow, people, everyone's talking about this game. Like, people are really into it. Well, I mean, I've only played a little bit of it. I played uh, some co-op with Vani last night we played about an hour hour and a half um graphically it looks great um it feels good like a, it, it's responsive um as a matter of fact i just saw this one errant review that said that it was very unresponsive on the switch i have no idea what that could be in reference to because everything felt snappy everything that i wanted to do the controls were okay we're doing um the soundtrack by megan mcduffie and there's some guest artists on there too like uh chipsel i believe um the soundtrack is awesome um it's funny graphically it looks nice uh, and there cutscenes. There's cutscenes. There's like manga style cutscenes, okay. uh, and then also like River City Ransom. There's tons of upgrades. You can buy new attacks, new combos. You can buy food to take with you. So it go has the all. Mall. So it has all the stores and stuff that okay. you can go into. Get a massage. Um, go to the shower. Get... Haven't noticed that yet. <laughs> then again, I haven't played very. Far. I was gonna say, being that they're high school girls, they probably can't have you showering. Hey, wait, wait a second. They were high school boys. I was gonna say that, that was some <laughs> that was some inappropriate stuff that, that we saw thirty years ago river city ransom um, so some boy butt it looks like there is a bit of a grind in the beginning to get you know up to the point where you've got a bunch of fancy combos and stuff like that but i'm enjoying it um the difficulty level seems to be about right um there's a nice mechanic where so basically if you both die on the same screen it restarts you back at the beginning of that that screen so you have at to fight screen. so you have to fight through everything again but not super far but back now, you don't, you yeah don't it doesn't it doesn't okay. set you insanely far back um, but when your partner gets knocked out, 
um, they lay on the ground and a little ghost starts flying out of them. If you can get over to your partner in time, you can actually keep stomping them. And as you stomp them, it stomps their spirit oh, back inside them. That's CPR. You stomp on their face. <laughs> you, just and stomp, you literally stomp their spirit back into them and uh, they'll come back to life with a, you know, a little bit more life. That's and, a pretty cool. I mean, because then you have to like so, keep the other enemies at bay, well, do some stomping and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a basic co-op mechanic, but you know, not one that I've seen a lot in beat-em-ups and in this one, it's, it's pretty funny to see it happen. Did you unlock the dab attack? No, I have not. No. I, like I said, I'm I only about an hour, hour, two hours in, and uh, apparently the game looks like there's quite a bit to it. There's a lot to do and accomplish. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, Limited Run is doing a physical release. I believe you have until the 28th to pre-order mm. that if you're interested. Uh, okay. And uh, What does it cost uh, digitally? I think it's 30 or 30. I think it's the same either way. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, Way Forward seems like they hit it out of the park with this one. Uh, hopefully I'll you know be finishing the game sometime this week or at least playing more of it and we'll see. But uh, I know I was a little bit concerned about it when it was announced. It seems like that was mostly unfounded. It seems like they did a really good job. You've turned so, around and Way Forward, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Turned it around. It's since the beginning of the podcast. Like, ah, Way Forward. Punched my, my cat in the face. Hey, let, don't let it be said that I can't you know have my opinion changed. Not, well, you know, I can do a 50-minute video on it, you know, if I don't like it. Um, so, let's see. It's Kyoko and Misaku. They have, this, they have different moves or similar moves? Different moves. They're different moves? Okay, because so the original River City Ransom, they have the same moves, so that's cool that they switch At least up. as far as I could tell, it looked like they had different moves, yeah. Six regions of River City to rescue their kidnapped boyfriends. Uh, Kunio and Ricky, those, those are the original guys uh, going on there. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm interested in this. Uh, and and you, we can play this, you know, we can play it on, on Switch, Ian. We can do that. Indeed, we can. We, 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 never, we never did Final Fight. Uh, yeah, we together. did. did we? No, we did something else together. Yeah, that's right. You wouldn't get out of the, you wouldn't get out of the, 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 uh, the, the what the hell was the, the other one we played? Oh, I was like three levels in. What's that? I was like three levels in. Yeah, whatever. You don't love me. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Fantastic soundtrack featuring Nate Wants to Battle, Chip Zai, Christina V, and Megan McDuffel. McDuffie. Uh, six, uh, lots of weapons. Okay, cool. And guest appearances by classic River City characters. Well, I guess if you know the the lore of River City, uh, you're gonna be you're gonna be in for a, a treat there. Okay. Um, so, uh, Ian, you also got to play the Sega Genesis Mini. Uh, Sega of America sent us a review copy. Yes, uh, we got a review unit. Yes, I uh, I, I set it up, gave it a shot. First things uh, I'll notice just the presentation of it. Um, so the Sega Genesis Mini is a small Genesis. You hook it up via HDMI to your TV. It contains 42 games. Uh, it's following in the footsteps of Nintendo uh, doing the NES and Super Nintendo ones. Sony did the PlayStation Mini. Uh, so now uh, Neo Sega, Geo 1 came out last year yep, as well. Neo Geo 1. Sega has had a series of um, minis, I guess you could call them, come out via at games. And the emulation was not good. Emulation. There was a lot of problems with them, so uh, Sega kind of took it into their own hands. They made their own. Uh, M2 handled the emulation uh, of the games. So it looks awesome. The system is nice. They say it's 55%... Uh, the size of the original uh, Model 1 Genesis. I would say it's got to be smaller than that. The thing is... How many inches do you think? It's like... Six inches? Yeah, it's it's small. 
Good catch. Um, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, so it, it, it's it's very small, uh, but it has, you know, the pushable reset button to reset it. Oh, the original little guy? Yep. The uh, the Semi-rubber switch guy. the switch works. It turns on and off. Ooh. And then it does nothing, but I think they're cute. It's, it, it's a cute little thing to notice. Uh, the volume slider goes up and down on it, and the cartridge slot actually opens. Um, okay. So it, it's just... It's just a, attention to detail. It, it's just a neat little detail. Expansion port? Uh, that I did not look at. I thought I heard you, there's an expansion port thing you can take a little piece of plastic out of. Uh, I, ha- I didn't look. Um, they probably did. When you turn it on, it gives you the little red light. So, I mean, okay. it, it's it's very cute. It's it's 100% a small Sega Genesis. Uh, the controls. Um, now, I've heard of some people having issues with them out of the box. Well, it comes with two controllers? Two. Two wired? Two wired three-button controllers. Uh, we did not have any problems with the one that came with ours. Um they feel nice. I can't speak to the quality of them, but there was an attention to detail in um, creating the controller. The controller feels nice to hold. It feels like a Genesis controller. The buttons feel right. It doesn't feel cheap or like a knockoff. It feels like a, a yeah, Genesis Yeah, so it, it feels like it should. Um, and like I said, we had no quality issues with the two that, that arrived to us. The system itself, um, turn it on basic menu options you can scroll through the cover art of the games you can set it up so that you can look at the spines of the games like it's a a game shelf Mm -hmm. Uh, there are options for things such as uh you know scan lines and things like that the games look uh, fantastic on it they look great um and i played sonic the hedgehog 2 i played altered beast i played tetris i played the new dar uh, the darius port uh and i played a little Alyssa dragoon um to test it out they all look good they all play nicely um there has been rumors of sound issues going around not rumors but uh complaints of sound issues going around um I noticed that it was definitely laggy audio-wise in some games, and some it didn't seem like I could... Sound effects and music? It was, sound effects, it was mostly. A bit Just, yeah, the, the sound effects were behind. Um, some games I didn't notice it as badly on, but like Tetris, I could tell that there was a, you know, a lag between the... You're talking like two-tenths of a second or a tenth of a second? Like it's noticeable. Yeah, it, it's noticeable. It's not the end of the world, okay. but it's noticeable. Um, from what I've heard, the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo minis had these same sort of issues, and I... I Honestly, like I said, the Tetris, it's pretty noticeable, and it seemed like it was more noticeable on the um, on uh, the Altered Beast as well. But I'd have to kind of... I, I think for me, I'm not saying that's not easy for other people to point out, but I think it would have to kind of be point out in some of the instances gotcha. for me to notice it. So, but there wasn't lag in the gameplay? No, no lag in the gameplay that I could detect. Uh, no, no, everything felt well, snappy. Maybe the audio issue they can work out in new batches. They could always potentially, you know, up, uh, fix that with firmware. Is there a USB out on, on, the, or in, on this unit so you can update, maybe? <coughs> I think there is, yes. I'd have to double check. Okay, because that. that'd be good. Good if they can put it online. If it is a firmware thing, um, the sound is also it, it feels cut out at the low end. It definitely sounds less bassy. Less bassy. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, I, it is a fantastic selection of games. Um, it's eighty bucks. They're emulated well uh, in terms of you know at least graphic graphics and response are accurate. Sounds a little laggy. Um, not all of the games necessarily have all of the options that I would have thought they did. If you look at how M2 handled certain things on, say, the 3DS, uh, their ports had, 
you know, uh, you could choose between various revisions of games and stuff okay. like that. Uh, not all of that was included here. It's a bummer, but it's it's not. Once again, it's not anything that would cause me to look at this and say, if you're interested, don't get it. Um, I, I think that it is a worthwhile collection of games. Uh, you can get a CRT filter. Looks like a uh, fantastic collection of games. And if you don't feel, if you're not collecting Genesis and you don't feel like dropping the money on an analog, I think there is something to be said for this yeah. specific Sega mini, because it's giving you a lot of good stuff and some deep cuts too that I don't you, think yeah. you would have expected even two years ago if they were to release this thing. You get like the heart and soul of what's popular on the system. I, I might complain is about the lack of sports games, but you know, maybe some people don't care about that. That's to me the only glaring sort of issue I see on here. Otherwise, you get some early titles. You get, like you said, you get some some deep cuts. Like uh, I'm I'm shocked they put something like Alicia Dragoon on on there. It's like it's a great game. I'm just like shocked that that would be on there because people yeah. never bring that game up. Um, and then even you get the uh, couple games that weren't released. You get the Tetris and the and the Darius. So like the yeah, Darius is a it's a uh, it's an impressive impressive version. So. Yeah, I, the, this, it's an excellent list, minus the sports games to me. Um, uh, I, there. I would simply say that if anyone has any, you know, wants to know more about the, the nitty-gritty tech details, um, Corey and Mark from My Life in Gaming do have a video up. Uh, it's quality, as always, I would suggest, you know, perhaps check out what they have to say if sure. you want more of the, um, the detail that I can't give. Sure. All right, well, Ian, maybe, uh, you know, you can let Pat get that Genesis video at some point. And uh, I can play some games with you. Mm-hmm. That was creepy. Mm-hmm. Right, Ian. Yes, Patrick. There was a Nintendo Direct last week that Nintendo gave like little notice of. They're like, "Oh, one's come." It's like the release of an old Fire Pro game. Oh, it's coming out in a week. This was like, "Yep, it's coming out." Nintendo Direct. Let's go. It was a freaking good Nintendo Direct too. I was happy the entire time I watched it. Um, I guess some people who watched it were like, "Ooh, well, thanks for the stuff we didn't ask for," but whatever. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. So, um, running down just a, a few of the things that came out um, that that were announced, and then we'll go into detail on a few. A lot of this has been covered. We're a little late on it. Um, so, Super Nintendo games were announced and then subsequently released the day after. That'll uh, be its own topic. That's We're yeah. going to jump into that on its own. Uh, more Animal Crossing footage was shown, which is, uh, it's looking fantastic. Uh, Terry Bogard was announced for Smash, which we'll get into a bit more in a little bit. Um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions is coming out. Uh, Deadly Premonition, a game that I love. Uh, is getting a sequel, and it actually got a port to uh, the original game, got a remaster. So, actually, I'll be getting that today. Um, that's big news uh, to see that he's getting uh, a lot of love on this system. Um, we're getting Xenoblade Definitive Edition, uh, and another huge... Oh, Doom 64 we'll be talking about. And mm-hmm. Overwatch is uh, coming to the Switch as well. Um, there was lots and lots more. There was Pokemon uh, info. Tetris 99 new Tetris, mode. It, yeah, they uh, just kept... They just, threw, they just threw stuff at you. Yeah, they, they I, kept coming. Yeah, I, I, and I think originally people were like, what's the big game coming out this holiday season? It's like, we don't need it. There's there's a lot of little things and things that keep you, I think, satiated. The, the between, there's there's um, more games coming out than I could possibly hope to buy or, or keep track of right now between Dragon Dragon Quest Eleven, uh, Zelda: Link's Awakening, sure, um, Damon X Machina, which I'm looking forward to, actually comes out this week. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of like 
you know, singles and gappers to keep you satisfied. Not necessarily a lot of like, you know, home runs going on, but there's enough here to, I think going around. I don't I don't know what would constitute a home run. This is all big enough stuff to me. Well, I mean, if they came out with like, you know, like a Metroid Prime 4, like that would be like, you know, sure. but there's a lot of like this is a this is more variety than you got on the Wii U. That's for damn sure. You know, like this is like there's something for everyone here. So what do you want to talk about first here? You want to talk about Terry? What do you want to talk about? I'm going to talk about Terry because that was Terry what, Bogart. That was like the most exciting thing for me. Uh, Nintendo was cute with the little history of the consoles. I didn't see most of the direct. I saw uh, this. It was such a good announcement it, too. It, so it scrolls through time of all the consoles. You start with the Game and Watch. You go through, and then you then you go or, then you go backwards. Then you go backwards. They think it went backwards first, and then they they go back up to, to shows the n- Super Nintendo, yeah. and then it, it was cuts over. And it shows the, the, um, the Neo Geo home system. Next to it, yeah, it's like, oh, did Nintendo the make the Neo Geo? They acknowledged another game console on their timeline, which I thought was cute. Uh, we'll have to acknowledge another game. They acknowledged another game console later on. I'll explain that oh, in a second. I missed that one. Um, so with Smash Brothers, basically they announced that Banjo and Kazooie were going to be playable that day. So they're okay. playable. And those and are what, the second or third DLC the guys? Third. The so third. So they've done Joker from Persona 5. That's right. Uh, they've done Hero from Dragon Quest. And, I missed uh, that one. Really? It's, it's, yeah, I missed that It's the he- hero, and you can the costumes are like the heroes from all the different Dragon oh, Quest okay. games. Um, so Hero, and then uh, Banjo-Kazooie, and now Terry. So after they show the Neo Geo... They do a mock intro from a, a King of Fighters game, and it's awesome. You see the uh, invitation floating around like it would in King of Fighters, um, but also, you know, everyone who's in Smash gets the invitation. So it shows a bunch of the um, of the uh, characters from SNK fighting games Trying to grab it. reaching for <laughs> it and, and missing it. And there's some really funny ones, too. Uh, Nakaruru misses it. Um, Geese looks like he's going to grab it, and I think some people thought that that might have been the character because Geese is already in Tekken. Uh, they added Geese to Tekken. Okay. Um, but Geese jumps and misses it. Uh, Iori can't get it. Geese is the villain, right? Yeah, Geese is... From Art of Fighting? Geese is the villain from Fatal Fury, King of Fighters 1. Okay. I mean, he's one of the most um, uh, like prominent villains in SNK. Uh, he's also in some of the King Yeah, he's Fighters. from Art of Fighting originally. Okay. He's, so, he's a guy that ends up being the father. That's right. Um, so finally, Terry gets it. And I'm I'm excited. I, I, I'm still kind of writing a buzz about the fact that there's going to be an SNK character in Smash Brothers. Uh, I play a lot of Smash. I'm not great at it. My favorite fighting games have always been the SNK games. Um, my favorite fighter is probably Mark of the Wolves. Uh, so to have some sort of representation... Especially representation that you know five years ago you never would have even thought you'd see. Yeah, is is awesome. Um, it was funny to look around online and see the amount of people who I guess don't know who Terry is. I'm guessing it's a younger generation. That's fine, but just because you don't know who it is doesn't mean that it's a random, or it doesn't mean that it's not important. Let people be happy. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you know, and, and plus, it's like yeah, maybe you know, I, I saw the memes about like. Like Mexico and Latin America being super excited, so I guess King of Fighters. Is King of Fighters, SNK there. was huge. Vani can uh, tell you that. Like growing up, that was yeah, there was Street Fighter, yeah, there was Mortal Kombat, but everyone played King of Fighters, you know, and Fatal yeah. Fury in those games. And and I think it's 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 great because it's to see a relationship like that 
that you wouldn't have expected. It's like, oh, okay, that's that's interesting mm-hmm. that we, we see that coming. And, and then it, it's almost like, not a homage, but like King of Fighters and SNK, they were doing the mashup fighting games before anyone else. Yep. Was. So like King of Fighters combined uh, what at first three, then what, four of their different series. So you had Art of Fighting, Fatal Fury, right. World Heroes, yes. and then they work in Samurai Showdown. Uh- um, Nakaruru is in King of Fighters 14, I believe. So, so yes. maybe so yeah. partially, but at least the big three they had, and they consolidated them obviously because they didn't need all. I was, I was surprised even in the early 90s that they had three different different fighting series, even though Art of Fighting. Yeah, sort what of started as a crossover yeah. ended up just basically becoming its own yeah. thing, and the the, the yeah. series that had, I, that you crossed over from no longer existed because it was popular enough. And yeah. uh, Sakurai. Um, it stated that he was a big fan of the King of Fighters games. Oh, okay. Um, he used to play them uh, at a high level. Uh, there was a story that I saw going around. It was initially announced last year, but it made its rounds again when um, this was uh, when this was announced. I believe it was he was playing King of Fighters '95, and in he's just talking about how in Japan a lot of times when you're playing a fighting game against someone, you don't necessarily see them because they're on the other side of the machine. It's, oh, that's it's, right. It's the candy systems. Stuff. So he was talking about how he was playing it and uh, he beat the shit out of the guy and he was feeling, you know, pretty pretty pleased with himself because okay. he was doing really well and he had been doing really... He had, like, you know, at this point his accomplishments were, like, a 50-streak win in Street Fighter Two, and he was doing good at this. So he was feeling pretty good about himself and then he realized that it was a guy there with his uh, girlfriend or his partner or whatever and um, they hadn't played before and Sakurai said he suddenly felt really bad because he beat them so... He, he said that he thought about maybe he shouldn't have beat them so badly because they had never played before and he didn't want to discourage them from not playing again in the future and he said that's actually where like the um you know cater to beginners and to hardcore players uh mindset he has comes from in smash brothers so he took a lot of it from uh playing snk games that he, he took into smash so yeah uh I don't know. It, it, it's funny to see people argue that it's not a worthwhile addition, well, but I definitely think it is. Um, I'm super excited to play it. And while I would have picked a personal different SNK character, I think everyone who loves SNK probably would have. Uh, Terry makes the most sense, I think, as the representative from sure from them. Real quick, are there World Heroes characters in King of Fighters? Actually, I think it's... No, I think it's just uh, Art of Fighting and Fatal Fury. Oh, is, is World Heroes that take place in the past? I'm not... World Heroes, I, I remember playing, but I know nothing about World... I mean, I know very little about King of Fighters and Fatal Fury, but I know nothing about World Heroes. No, it's it's Fatal Fury, Art of Fighting. I was going to say, I don't think there's any one from uh, World Heroes in okay. there. Uh, and, then, I, and then they have, like, Akari Warriors guys in there, too, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. and, 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 I mean, Athena technically came from Psycho sure. Soldier. So, so yeah, I wonder why they didn't want World Heroes in there. Interesting. They want to keep it separate. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I just think it, it's interesting, strange how Smash Brothers has evolved from like a goofy little Nintendo party fighting game to now it's become to a lot of people some sort of weird proxy video game Hall of Fame to them where like they feel validation if their character gets in and they go nuts over it. And if not, they feel like betrayed that Nintendo didn't do it 
Like, do you see that? Like, it's it's strange. It's like this character is not as deserving as this character. It's not a Hall of Fame. It's whatever weird deals Nintendo's making with third parties that you, we're lucky that they're making these deals in general with all these different companies. Yeah, like it's a small miracle to me that for Smash Brothers Ultimate, they got back every third-party character and then new ones. They were able to work out deals with all these various companies and satisfy everyone. I don't think that's a simple thing to do because we don't know if there's royalties involved or promotional tie-ins at Nintendo. You know, like, it's, it's weird to see this happening on this scale to me. With like Now it's like six to eight different third parties or different companies, Capcom, Konami, uh, SNK, uh, whoever does uh, Persona. Uh, um, Atlas. Atlas. And you, there's more, right? I'm probably missing a few. Uh, don't forget Microsoft with Banjo-Kazooie. That's right. And then you have uh, Snake in there That's as well. Konami. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Either way, you have, like, was it five or six, at least? So, I just think it's interesting that this is happening. I do. I'm going to be, I'm going to be like, well, I'm going to be grateful that this is happening, I guess, for something like this. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's awesome. And they announced, I mean, and they, 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 they've got... You've got Shovel Knight in there as an assist mm. trophy, so that you know they were not even counting. They were not even counting the assist trophies, right? There's a lot more. No, there, so, so I'm just saying, like in terms yeah. of like representation. So you've got some indie representation. You got the Sans costume um, this past uh, direct as well. Sans is the skeleton from Undertale, um, which I haven't beat, but I've played, and it's actually a lot of fun. So that's cool. Everyone's trying to figure out who's going to be the first like true indie game playable character. Uh, so. It's neat, and they announced five more. Um, there's another DLC pass coming out. I, oh, so there'll be five extra guys on top. Yeah, of so I mean they're going to wow. charge for it. And I think I don't know but, if they actually put a number on it, but I think they said five. If not, there's going to be more. So uh, okay. after Terry comes out, there's going to be one more announced for this one, and then um, there will be additional fighters after that. So we're gonna we're gonna be approaching like ninety fighters and. <laughs> This game, something like that. The screen's going to be so small on the selection screen. <laughs> Every time I start it up and start playing again, I'm like, there's just so much shit in this game. Oh, and they finally added the home run, uh, the home run contest back. So I was happy about that. Okay, I never played that in the past game. Is that fun? It's where you beat up on the sandbag. You've never, okay, you've never played any of no. those. Oh, it's just a it's stupid. Just, it's just a fun little game. thing. Yeah, people so complained they could, about it not being. So they could just charge for DLC packs for the next like five years and, and until until they, they bring Sakurai out of a, a cave somewhere in order to make a new one. He'll be retired with a long beard like leave me alone. <laughs> I kind of don't want him to ever have to make another one. <laughs> He's done enough. <laughs> He's done enough. Let him retire in peace. He'll like drop dead coding on some future game. Yeah, so yeah, I wouldn't be... Don't be mad if your favorite character's not in it. It's a weird thing to say. Just be pleased that other characters are getting it. I, yeah, do I want to see Bonk in this in this game? Absolutely. Is Bonk ever going to get in? Probably not. But if it happened, yes, I'd be overjoyed. But I would never want to say, well, that crappy character I don't like or ever heard of shouldn't be in over Bonk. Someone you else know? is liking the character that you hate or don't even know. Yeah, it's silly. It, it, it's silly just because it's... Yeah, Terry... Yeah, no, Terry's not Ryu. But most gamers probably over the age of like 25 know at least what Fatal Fury or King of Fighters is. And as you know. some other people in articles have pointed out, if you don't know who Terry is, and you'd like to know, mm. there's like fucking eight games that he's in there's, on the uh, eShop. There's tons of <laughs> SNK collections. Yeah. There's a there's a crap load of them out there. We're going to talk about another one coming out on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, and I, always liked, I always liked the um, uh, Fatal Fury. I like playing King of Fighters. To me, that was, it just felt natural. I can always pick him up and play them easily. 
You know, they have like a. They feel natural. You don't. There's not like a huge learning curve to me when I'm playing those games. You know, like there could be like in a Mortal Kombat or 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 Jesus Christ, the biggest learning curve gave them all Killer Instinct. You know, learning to do the combos and everything. God, I still haven't figured that out. You know, 25 years later, 20 years later, um, I, I just love those games. Plus, I love the art style, obviously. Um, so yeah, so it's good to see Terry in there. Absolutely, we love Terry, don't we? We do. We do. Who's the kickboxing guy? As well, from Joe. Joe, I like Joe too. <laughs> Joe Higashi. All right, uh, and then uh, Bethesda re-releasing Doom sixty four was kind of sort of strange, but cool. I, I guess I don't. I'm know. excited for it. Um, it, I, I mean, I played it. I hated the controller, but I liked the game, and it's never been re-released anywhere else. And it is its own unique entry in sure. the series. So I'm actually pretty excited to be able to replay that. Um, that's going to be cool. Jedi Knight 2 coming to Switch. It only says the single player. I always remember it from multiplayer. Never played that one. Um, I stopped at Jedi Knight 1, Dark Forces 2. Dark Forces 2. <laughs> Overwatch <laughs> coming to Switch, though. That's huge. Um, being able to take that on the go is going to be a lot of fun, and I think it'll, uh, in some way, shape, or form, um, give the game another boost in popularity. Not that it isn't already popular, but you always see people talking about how it's dying, etc., etc. Having it released to uh, a whole um, swath of Switch owners, I think, is going to um, get a bunch of people playing it again, especially because it's adding gyro controls for aiming uh, if you want to use them. Um, I know that's helped a lot of people with Switches, uh, Vani included, but other people um, get into first-person shooters or third-person shooters. Helps like, with the accuracy a little bit. Yeah, like uh, okay. you, you can do it in um, you can do it in Fortnite. You can do it in uh, Splatoon. Um, I believe they added it to Doom finally. So I, I have learned to get somewhat okay with two-stick aiming. But I, I'm, I, it sucks. It's not natural for me, especially because I'm a lefty. So, um, well, can you use the D pad and, and the stick? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. The stick is. Okay. It, 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 it's switched. I don't like aiming with the right stick. Um, okay, I see what you're saying. But so with the switch or the pro controller, you can tilt it to basically mimic the right stick. So it actually makes aiming very easy. I see what you're it, saying. It's fairly so if you old chew, this is like almost like you're aiming like how you look. Oh, I can see how that being cool. Yeah. So okay. like Vani can't like you give her two sticks in Splatoon and she's not going to do anything. Dumb. Don't give him the sticks. Don't give him the sticks. <laughs> give him the stick. Uh, <laughs> but you give her the uh, you know the motion controls and you know she's she's killing motherfuckers left and I, right. I gotta, so it, it's nice. It, it, it's more it's more accessible for more people. Okay, that's good. Uh, yeah, I'm just yeah the oh yeah we, the Super Kirby Clash free to play Kirby for players. I haven't even tried that yet. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack from this one. Yeah, they already have new new features for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, there's an update for Animal Crossing. There's a there's a lot of stuff and the Tetris 99 uh, Invictus for the absolute best of the best players. I guess that means if you qualify, you get to so play that you mode. you have to have placed first in a normal game okay. at least once, and if you have, then you can play in this. Special club, yeah, the and get your ass handed to you even right. more so. Yes, um, and also a two-player versus CPU mode that'll be paid DLC. That's interesting. I didn't see what that was about. So two versus a computer. That's cool. So it's two players versus a computer, and then also I can't remember if this is part of the paid DLC or not. But you can link up to eight systems now and play uh, local. Great. I think that's if you got a lot of fun out of it, throw them some bucks yeah. for, for that. That's 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 to me a good a good. Uh, Free to free to pay model, like and that? Yeah. they seem to be charging for that. But like, you can earn tickets now 
um, by like completing certain goals while playing the game, and you can exchange those tickets for new uh, new skins and music and stuff. Yeah, I have no problem with that. You, you put out you put out a free game if you enjoy it enough. It's like it's like shareware, Ian. You play the limited version. And then you want to get the full one? You you, you throw some bucks in. They, you know they, they can't do it for free forever. You know, they, they they got they got lights to keep on and mouse to feed there. All right, well that's a good Nintendo Direct, I guess. I'm 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 happy about that. I, I think I'm I think I'm gonna I think I'm definitely gonna. Uh, well, I I, well, I like to check out Doom sixty four because I, I I think I might play it at once at my cousin's house, right? To see what that's about. If that's a reasonable price, you know, I might check that out. Uh, don't have any, any experience with Jedi Knight two at all. Um. But yeah, there's some g- good stuff here uh, to get into, especially that Tetris one looks looks interesting. So, Ian, the 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 surprise, kind of surprise announcement that we knew was going to be coming. We we are a year in from NES games being on Switch Online, and now we have the sequel, which is yep. So they announced that we would be getting Super, Super Nintendo, Nintendo games. The next day. And it happened sooner than I think anyone (laughs) thought. This wasn't a huge surprise. Um, Lots of info has come out that has been pointing to it. But they're here, and that's going to make a lot of people happy. So to start, it's including 20 games. I'll go through them. These are not all the same games that were on the uh, SNES Mini, so there is definitely uh, different stuff here. Uh, We have Super Mario World, Yoshi's Island, Super Mario Kart, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, Super Metroid, Star Fox, F-Zero, Stunt Race FX, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Kirby's Dream Course, Kirby's Dream Land 3, Pilot Wings, Demon Crest, Super Soccer, Super Puyo Puyo 2, Breath of Fire, Joe and Mac 2, Super Tennis, Super EDF, Earth Defense Force, ah. and Brawl Brothers, um, which is a nice selection with a quite, you know, quite a bit a, of... A uh, few surprises in there for sure. Yeah. Um, first game I played was Super Tennis. Actually, I was excited to load up Super Tennis and well, get Ian, to go. I wonder what Super Tennis is in a certain Super Nintendo guidebook prototype that I'm holding here. I, I don't know. You're going to tell me. Aren't you excited, Ian? Seeing this here, isn't it beautiful? It's nice. It's nice. So uh, you're going to tell me. What I'm, I'm going to go through. <laughs> Ian has no time to play for a new book. I guess <laughs> that I poured heart and soul and money into. The past two and a half years. So Super Tennis, Ian, is uh, four stars in here. Right. We should do we should do an average. You want to write down an average? You want to put in your calculator? Or I'll do it. I'll do it while you talk about this. I don't know that I'm going to be able to talk about it long enough for you to look them all up. But, okay. Um, so, yeah, it's great to see these uh, games like Demon's Crest, which are generally very expensive. Uh, games like Super Puyo Puyo 2, which never got a release here, and it's a fantastic version of the game. Um, with Super EDF Earth Defense Force, you've got a decent shooter on the system here. Uh, then you've got your Legend of Zelda. Um, yeah, there's, these are some five-star heavy hitters. Super uh, Mario World, uh, Yoshi's Island, Super Mario Kart, uh, Legend of Zelda, Super Metroid. Star Fox is 4.5 stars. So is F-Zero. I know that by heart because I did those two reviews. Stun Race FX. I saw some people upset by that, and that's a, a strange choice. Um, I don't mind it because you know, it, 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 some people did have that game. It's not like some rare game. Three stars in here. It's fun enough, and it never got ported. It's never been ported before. So I think Super Soccer, Super Tennis, and Stunt Race FX haven't been 
um, ported in this manner. Pilot Wings is important because that's a launch title. I like Pilot. Three Wings. and a half stars. It's a solid game. It, it, it's, it's it's it's. I think it's a little more than a tech demo. I think I think that's not giving it enough enough uh, credit to say it's a tech demo. It's like a goofy Nintendo World game where you're parachuting and flying. Like it's not. People want to see that game brought back. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but there's some people, some people that love that game. I love the parachuting. Um. So, along with the announcement of this, they also announced a uh, retro Super Nintendo wireless controller that you can order uh, for twenty nine ninety nine if you have um, if you're part of the Nintendo Online service. The uh, similar to the NES ones that they did a year ago, only this this time you're you have to buy it individually. Uh, along with this announcement, you said it was thirty the- bucks. Yes, thirty bucks. Yeah. So, so that was sixty for the two NES. So they're keeping the same price. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what was I saying before you jumped in? Sorry, Ian. I love you. Uh huh. Um, Wish they put in alphabetical order this list. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, but along with this announcement, they also mentioned that the uh, games are not going to be up updated on a monthly basis anymore. Not for the original Nintendo, and not for the Super Nintendo. Um, well, they're running out of games. They started going down to two games a month on the NES one. And they weren't running out of anything. They well, just... I mean, they didn't want to pay. They're running out of first-party games. Yeah. And then they, they they probably didn't want to pony up money for more third-party games. Because this was coming out. And that is, yeah, that's my guess. So they... Super soccer. On one hand, I'm upset because they said they were going to be, you know... They, they dropped the ball on what they said they were going to be doing uh, very quickly us. in... Um, I think it only took two months before we didn't get three games. And it was we got that? A, bo- a bonus. Uh, we got one of those hacked games because they didn't want to bring over one of the Famicom games. Anyways. Um, Breath of Fire. So I'm upset about that, but at least we'll stop looking forward to everyone bitching every month about you know the two shitty games that are being added. Well, half NES of that was console. people that didn't grow up with the NES thinking that some of those games were crap when they were, they were fine. I, I think this will end up being better in the long run. Uh, they'll probably release, I would hope, five at a time for each system, and I would hope that there would be some heavier hitters in there um, as opposed to uh, some of the lesser-known titles. Because, I mean, I love games like Star Soldier, but that's not that's not getting anyone out of their seat to go get a Nintendo Online subscription. I see what you're saying. I'm almost done with my calculation, by the way. Okay. Are you, are you kind of surprised that there isn't... Um, I mean, we talk about the RPGs on here. They have Breath of Fire instead of having any Final Fantasy and there's, you know, no Earthbound, no Chrono Trigger. Obviously, they can keep those in the d- I distance. I have a feeling that they're keeping those in their back pocket okay. for you know, so they have something good to drop later because uh, the Super Nintendo Mini had Final Fantasy three and Earthbound. Did it have Chrono Trigger? I don't think it. It might have. Um, this also doesn't have Secret of Mana, so. I, I think they're the reason, keeping them in I th- reserve. Well, and I think the, well, one of the main reasons Secret of Mana wasn't on there is because they just released that Secret of Mana collection as well. And you got Super Puyo Puyo Two, which didn't come out. Yep, on I the Super Nintendo, that. just Super Famicom. That's the only one not in a certain Super Nintendo guide book. But you know, Ian, there's sixty, there's sixty uh, Super Famicom games featured in a spotlight section in the back here. Okay, so we have nineteen games. The average star rating, Ian, for the nineteen games. Drum roll. Four point one eight. That's strong. That is strong. That's stronger than the, the NES. I think, well, the NES Classic was, I think it was like three and three quarters or three and a half. Um, uh, according to this list, only there's only one game that's rated average in the book on this list, and that's Brawl Brothers. That's rated two and a half as an average uh, beat-em-up. 
Uh, other than that, these are uh, uh, there's like a three star game in uh, Stunt Race FX, uh, but a lot of these are three and a half, four stars, and obviously higher. Even Super EDF Earth Defense Force, which I didn't know how to put in the book, so it's under Earth Defense Force Super EDF. Um, that's that's three and a half stars in here. Joe and Mac Two is an excellent game. Uh, it's better than the first one. I'm surprised they wouldn't put the first one on just because more a lot more people played the first one than the second one. That's just kind of a weird choice to me. Maybe it was cheaper. Probably because days. it's a better game. Is that, is that why? Even though most people didn't play that one versus the first one? Yeah, it's a half star stronger. I reviewed both of those. I love those games, by the way. Not the NES one. Not the NES one. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, I think it's a, it's a fine list to start. It's not like it's not as strong as you know the Super Nintendo Classic list, but it's a good it's a it's a good you know starting grounds there. For someone like me who doesn't play a lot of RPGs these days because of time, uh, I actually like this list quite a bit. I'm just I'm I'm hoping that Konami lets uh, you know Super Super uh, Contra get on here or Contra Four I should say. I, I, I'm really hoping they will do that because like on the NES Classic you didn't get Contra. I should be on the NES online. You never got Contra on there. My my you know? thinking for that is they just uh, did a Contra collection. I have a feeling yeah. that things that are in collections that you should can pay Contra money 3, for, um, yeah. that you can pay money for, are are ones that they're shying away from. Because yeah. like I said, the Secret of Mana just had a collection come out that you can buy on the eShop. Contra just had a collection you can buy on the eShop. So they're probably, I would say not giving those away for free in an effort to make you spend well, your money elsewhere. It wouldn't be free. Nintendo would pay them, but I guess they would want way too much from for Nintendo to, to get those. That's why you get some of the ones, the little lesser known ones like Brawl Brothers and like Super EDF on there probably just to get to like a 20 list. They're both Jalico and Jalico is cheap to license currently. Jalico, Jalico will trade it for like a ham sandwich. Uh, <laughs> these properties, whoever owns them uh, at this point. So yeah, I, I think it might be even better if they wait like Every two three months and come out with a few, you know, instead of instead of like struggling along like the NES one did the past like five six months. Now, what do you think? Uh, what did the, the NES uh, ended up with? How many games is that? About well, they're not f- they're not done with it. They say sure, but they're not going to add it. I I would guess they're probably not going to add a huge amount more NES ones. There's about what forty five NES ones at this point. Forty to forty five. About forty. Uh, it looks like. Uh, for Super Nintendo, you know, if they think this is going to be a bigger... Well, let's put it this way. I'm, I'm not sure when people are going to jump on board and get the Switch Online service that already don't don't have it. You know, to me, it's just a nice nice bonus. Mm-hmm. If you're on, on, But I did see some tweets from people. Some, you know, some people with a lot of followers say, oh my God, I can play these games on my Switch. Like, so for them, it's, it's like, oh, I can play Link to the Past on my Switch. So like, to them, that could be... They could just go and grab the Switch Online if they didn't have it. So maybe there will be a few. Maybe I'm just I'm just thinking out loud, but you know, for twenty bucks a year, I, I, it's to me it's not really an issue. It's just like it's a cool service to have. Absolutely. So what, what are you gonna play? What did you play first, Ian? On here, what did you what did you dive into? I said that at the beginning. Uh, I played okay, well, uh, I Super forgot. Tennis. Super Tennis. Okay. Super Tennis was the first thing I played, and the Which second is, uh, thing I played was F Zero. Super uh, Super Tennis is a really good game. Don't say oh it's a sports game. It's a really good fun. Tennis games are usually fun in general if they're done well. It's a, it's actually pretty deep. There's different different uh, swings in there. You you basically build up a career, and that's a good game, and it's fun. It has a Nintendo Nintendo tennis charm to it in a way. Yeah, it's good, and it's got a couple neat touches with the mode seven. Oh, oh I forget about that. The mode seven. Mm-hmm. I didn't review that one for the book. Uh, someone else did uh, there. Okay, well, good stuff. Good stuff. I there's just no way in hell I can play these games, Ian, with. Uh, with that uh, that D cross button, I can't even call it a D pad. 
But someone was kind enough to get me that custom uh, controller uh, at Long Island, the, the custom Pro controller. So I'll start using that for for this. Nice. There you want to play me in Super Tennis? Uh, someday. Someday you got you to build up your build up your lob skills. Yes. <laughs> you got to build up your backhand slice. Tennis is really fun to play, by the way, recreationally. Just as an aside, there. You know. All right. Anything else to add here? No. We're good. Okay. No. I'm afraid you're going to slip into your street tennis days. Street tennis? Oh, oh, I I got street tennis stories to tell you for days, but that's next time. Hey, guys out there, are you maybe losing a little bit of your hair? Notice some thinning when you look in the mirror? Well, fret not. You're not alone. Two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. The good news, with today's advancements in science, Keeps offers proven treatments that can combat the symptoms of hair loss. Keeps has revolutionized the way men are being treated for hair loss. You just have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. That can be embarrassing. You have to go out there and feel weird about it. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get medication delivered to your home. You don't have to wait some room somewhere awkwardly or go to the pharmacy and get a weird look back, maybe from the person behind the counter, deal with checkout lines. No, you get doctor attention online and you get discreet drug delivery all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Prevention is key. Keeps treatments really work. They are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. So act fast. Many men even experience hairy growth with Keeps treatments. Find out why Keeps has a five-star reviews, has more uh, five-star reviews than any of its competitors, and nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at just $10 a month. That's a small price to pay to keep your hair where it should be. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. All right. Special offer for everyone out there. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, you go to keeps.com slash CU podcast to receive your first month of treatment for free. Give it a try. That's keeps.com slash CU podcast. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash CU podcast. Ian. Yes. Speaking of, of mini consoles and Terry, this is out of nowhere. We have an announcement. Well, I guess SNK is being smart. They see the announcement of uh, Terry. They had something They had something ready to go in their back pocket here. They, they, got, uh, they got the Neo Geo Arcade Stick Pro uh, on, on the way. It's a plug-and-play uh, joystick, Neo Geo Arcade Stick, um, hopefully with the clicky-clacky uh, micro switches. With with uh, built-in games, or you can use it as a standalone fighting stick. Yeah, it's interesting. I'd have to see the quality of the stick itself, but um, so it's going to have twenty games in there. We don't know what ones they're going to be yet. It would be, you would assume mostly fighting games, yeah, but we don't it, know. It would be easy to make some assumptions. But we don't know, but we don't know. Um, it can uh, have a, another uh, control pad hooked up to it, or it can have, I believe, another joystick hooked up to it as well. So basically, you can carry these around and have uh, some Neo Geo good times anywhere. You can plug into the, yeah, the Neo Geo Mini you can plug into as yes. well. Yeah. So um, it's nice that they're making it compatible with a lot of things. Uh, this is a cute idea. It reminds me of the Capcom one yeah. that uh, we talked about that. a few months yep. back. Um, which I don't even know if that actually came out yet or not. I'll check. Um, Did it come out? I don't think so. Uh, but the fact that it has a joystick mode for uh, 
PC so that you can use it for other games is great, provided that it's a decent enough stick. We'll have to just see what kind of quality uh, components it's made out of to decide whether or not that's actually going to be a huge boon. Um, But yeah, it's cute. I imagine we'll probably see Samurai Showdown 2, uh, 4, maybe 5 Special. We're probably going to see KOF 98 in 2002. Uh, I would say almost certainly, maybe 97, because that's been popular again lately. Um, Hopefully Mark of the Wolves. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if they throw a couple shooters in there. Give me Magician Lord. Yeah, I'm not sure that that's going to be number Man, one on 79. the list. But <laughs> give me those. Give me. Give me. Give me King of the Monsters. Give me. Give me. Give me. Give me the Super Spy on there. So uh, I think we we mentioned this. Just uh, they they mentioned that they had something coming uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, you know that was coming next in their line of like I guess mini consoles. So I'm assuming that this is essentially it. The mini console is an arcade stick. Can't see. I don't think the Capcom one came out yet. I don't see. I it. don't think so either. They announced it like three, four months ago. Okay. Okay. So now it was a two player. This is a one player. So they're basing this off of the Neo Geo CD joystick design, but obviously it's a bigger version of it mm-hmm. here. Um, do you care that the layout is in the traditional four button? You get an eight button layout um, there. No, I, I mean I wouldn't care. Obviously, if, if this is going to be usable by multiple people for multiple things, it should have. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it but, should have more but, buttons. Well. The colors are bunched in the forest that are laid out. That so, could bother some people. From what I've been reading lately, that those colors look like they're laid out how people have been mapping the buttons to joysticks lately for uh, King of four. Fighters games. Yeah, they've okay. been doing the four instead of the four in a row. And I, so mean, I guess it's easier for combos uh, and stuff. Yeah, I still play with my fingers on all four and lengthwise, but it's... I can. It's not ideal. This is probably the better way well, to do it. Well, obviously, maybe there'll be an option to change. And obviously, oh, there's always going to be yeah. control options. I'm just uh, saying. Like, I look at that and I'm like, that is probably a good layout for playing a four button SNK fighter. So, I guess to me, this comes down to always with items like this. What's the price? What is the price going to be in something like this? The Capcom one is going to be obscenely expensive because it's gigantic and it's it's two joystick layouts. I think it's going to be over two hundred dollars that one. Uh, 250 or something like that. It's if gonna this be a is a decent joystick well, and they can get it up for 100 I, I was going to say, is 100 fair for something like this? Is it good quality? Well, I mean, a truly good quality joystick is 150 to $200. Um, what is, I, I don't think we're going to get a truly good quality joystick out of this. So, so to me, you think you look, you look at this as buying a joystick with bonus games built in. You're buying a, yeah. yeah, hopefully, what is hopefully an average arcade stick with some bonus games built in. It's got a couple of neat things you can do. Hook it up to a computer, hook it up to a TV. I would say 100 is probably the sweet spot they'd have to find for this. Yeah, because I to me, they overcharged on the Mini when it came out. I thought it was a little bit expensive when they first came out. I mean, if we got word that this was a really good fight stick and it was using good parts, then they could charge more um, because then it would actually be going after an, a, a different market, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, an insanely robust stick. Did they bring the price down? The Neo Geo Mini is now only 90 Wasn't it more than that when it came out? Yeah, it was like 120 I was going to say, 120 was too much. 90 seems more reasonable yeah. on there. Um, and plus, that joystick is probably not clicky-clacky. It's not. It's, it's an mushy. analog stick. Ah! So, yeah, if it's good quality, I, uh, yeah, I, I'd be into something like this, depending on the game list there. Um, I think it's interesting. And then you have, again, you have a two in one. If you've got your built in games, you can bring it to your friend's house, plug it into, 
Plug it into your mini, which would be weird. Plugging something gigantic into your mini to play those. But hey, you might as well. If you're into the Neo Geo SNK ecosystem, you can do it at one of the mini ecosystem. The, uh, there. the SNK cinematic universe. The, uh, the SNK gaming, gaming universe. Retro gaming universe there. Uh, yeah, so we don't know yet what games, and we don't know when this is coming out. Uh, we don't know when it's coming out. <laughs> I don't see anything about the date on this. So, all right, probably by Christmas, you'd think if it's if September when they announced that would make sense here. Okay, all right, Ian. Breaking news. Mm-hmm. You know we're all about Apple products. I'm speaking of ecosystems. You know I'm in the Apple ecosystem. Oh, uh, we love Apple. I got products. I got the Apple modems from back in the day and the router. I got the I got the i the AirPods at the gym working. No, I don't. I got the I do have the iPhone. I got the Apple TV. No, I don't have the Apple TV. Uh, but now, we brought this up before when they when they t- when they also announced uh, you know the Google streaming gaming thing uh, Stadia, which is going to crash and burn, I think most likely. Um, the Apple Arcade is going to launch uh, September nineteenth, and we didn't hate this idea when we first discussed this. We thought this actually was a decent idea of the sorts of. Of the sorts of um, game subscription service. services, yeah. I, I, the only reason I don't hate this is because it, it it it's it's not just streaming; it's a subscription service, and you can download the games. It's not clouding it up. It's not clouding it up, um, <laughs> and it seems like it's going to be reasonably priced. In fact, four ninety nine for families. Yes, that's great. I mean, if it's just even if it's just mobile games on your devices, on your on your phone, on your TV. Four ninety nine. I think a lot of people can say, "I'm, I'm going to jump in and see what this is all about." At least try it out. You get, uh, let's see, uh, access to over hundred new and exclusive games in one hundred and fifty countries and, and regions. Uh, they promised over one hundred fifty games on the service at launch. All right, you're getting uh, over one hundred and fifty. One hundred and fifty. You're getting a new Frogger from Konami and, and Q Games. Other titles coming: uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts by Simogo and Annapurna Interactive. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm actually. I might get this just to see five bucks. See what games I can play on my phone. Why, yeah, why not? I might. I said as well. I got to be honest. With I don't. You. For, because to me, for some reason, it's harder for me to make a mobile game purchase than perhaps anything else on the planet. It's hard for me to, to put put it in five bucks on a game on my phone versus like I don't know picking out new tile for my floor. Like for some reason, it's like, do I really want to commit to seeing this on my phone if it stinks? Um, I'm being serious. It's a really weird thing. I can't explain it. It's like very personal, but for five bucks, I don't see why you wouldn't want to just—I don't know—just try it out here. Like, wh- like why not? And unlike Google, who if the, if if Google Stadia crashes and burns, you won't be, you won't be able to play the games potentially if the network's down because you have to cloud stream them. If you download them, uh, you, you're fine. You're good to go, like on a plane, right, or on the toilets in some hostel somewhere. In, in, in Germany, I don't know. But the point is, is that this is not, you're not dependent upon some technology or some bandwidth uh, cap like you are with Stadia. That, that, that to me is a, a, a huge deal. I, I mean, they, they've come out, uh, Metal Jesus did a video basically saying, you know, I hate the idea of Google Stadia. Uh, Jason was vehement about because when we look at the bandwidth caps on these uh, gigantic games, it's tough. For mobile games, it's easy. First of all, it's easy to download. You can download 150 games on, onto most mobile devices, and you'll be fine. Or like I say, if you can be able to play these on, on a tablet or even on your TV somehow, that'd be great. I, mean, I want to play the new Frogger. Is there a picture there? Did I miss the picture? No, not that I can see, but it's... 
Q Games does some really good stuff. So, well, oh, they have not familiar. Q Games is uh, who does like Luminous. Um, they also did. I don't know. Q Games is uh, is Q Games? Sorry, I gotta double check now. Q Games. Uh, I think they did like the... It's Frogger in Toy Town. Here's a video. I'll link this one here from VentureBeat. You can take a look at what the heck is going on here. It's not traditional Frogger. It's some right. weird That's take on the... Frogger, huh? Yeah, okay. They did all the pixel junk stuff, um, which is all really, really good. Um, they also did some of the... Um, they did Art Style Digidrive, which I liked. Uh, they did Trajectile, which is really good on the DSi. So yeah, this is a company that's got good stuff behind them. And, and and people put down mobile games. There's mobile games that look like really good quality graphics still. Like So these aren't all just simple games, potentially. These could be something a little bit deeper there. Obviously, if you're playing on your phone, you know, you're not going to get, like, you know, a lot of third-person, sh- uh, first-person shooter stuff, but uh, it's interesting. Uh, you'd be surprised. Be surprised at this point? Yeah, I think I think we'd, you'd be surprised to see what would come up. Okay. All right, so I'm 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 in. I'm an Apple fanboy. There you have it. We're Nintendo fanboys, Apple fanboys. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a shot and see what it's all about. I guess. And then yes, and unlike Google, I don't think Apple is gonna drop this if if it's a failure. Like like Apple usually doesn't do stuff like that. Like Google has a track history of track record of doing that. I, I think I think Google Stadia is dead in the water. Oh, I, think I, so, I, I don't yeah. think it's even gonna get. I'll be shocked if it even got tens of thousands of people that that signed up for that thing. Yeah. I just don't see it. A- Apple, I think you're going to get tons of people. There's people that'll buy anything Apple uh, to begin with, and that'll sustain this just without people like me getting into it. You know, who aren't like you know, died died in the, you know, was it died in the wool? Died in the wool. Died in the wool. Having problems with my with my phrases recently in the podcast. My my literary phrases. I'm not a died died in the wool Apple person. I didn't have an iPhone until uh, four or five, but um, yeah, they do good stuff. What am I going to say? Ian. Pat. Our, our baby Dreamcast is almost legal to drink. I know. It's... 20 years old? What? Nine 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 ninety nine. That's wild. I just found out yesterday that the Pokemon anime is now legal to drink, so that's terrible. That was 98? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. At least in the U.S. So, yes, nine nine ninety nine. the Dreamcast came out. It's thinking. Sega's last... Uh, Last, last, last physical console. system, last last console. The Dreamcast uh, Two is coming. Remember that, that yes, a couple years ago. I remember all of that. I'm waiting for that person to come say booyah to me because you know they were right. Anyways, um, it was ill fated, but it was a wonderful system. Um, I, it was one of the few systems I actually got on uh, launch day, and I saw Josh from Lynn Run tweet that too. He was like excited. He's a huge Dreamcast fanboy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it was one of the first systems. It was one of the only systems I got on launch day. Um, I had rented it the month prior because Hollywood Video was doing a promotion where for it was like 30 bucks, but like you had to put down a $300 deposit. Um, you could rent, they don't want you yeah, stealing it. <laughs> exactly. You could rent the uh, the original Dreamcast uh, before it came out, and it came with a copy of Sonic Adventure. Just Sonic Adventure? Could Just you, Sonic Could you rent anything else at the store? And not not at the one that I rented wow. from. Wow, you were getting one game. It was Sonic Adventure in the system, and you could rent it. was I think uh, it was only for 24 hours, too. Wow. Um, no, it might have, been, might have been 48. I was going to say, 24 is a little harsh. might have been 48, but I did it. Um, and... It doesn't come with a. V- it didn't come with a VMU, so there was no saving. You just 
I just played through Sonic's storyline and, you know, one go left the TV on. Um, and I was immediately hooked. I was just so happy for another Sega system to be coming out. Um, I really liked what I played of Sonic Adventure. So I immediately put the money down and, uh, you know, got it on launch day. I had just gotten my wisdom teeth out. So, um, still have mine. And I had, uh, the copy of, um, Sonic Advance that I pre-ordered with it was one of the defective ones. So I had nothing to play on it. That's right. The first batch were bad. Yeah, I had nothing to play that day. Uh, but the the day that the uh, fixed copy came, came into the store, which was just a few days later, was the day I got my wisdom teeth out. So I spent that entire weekend sitting there with gauze on my, on my sockets playing uh, Sonic Adventure. And I beat every storyline in that game in... I don't know, about two days, three days, which probably isn't that crazy, but for me, you know, now it certainly would be. What was the bug in the first one? Was it just freeze at a certain point and wouldn't load? Just wouldn't load. Just wouldn't load. Just wouldn't load, yeah. So they probably had to do replacements for those first yeah. batch? Yeah. Whatever they were, five, ten thousand. 10,000? Yeah, and I don't think it was all of the first batch. It, it was, was just some, it of was some of them. Gotcha. Yeah, there was a run we, that was bad something that weird, got out Something there. weird in the pressing process? Um. And I love the Dreamcast. For the that first year, it was like every Wednesday I could walk in and find something interesting that was getting released for the system. Uh, I played a ton of Crazy Taxi on that system. Um, Jet Grind Radio, that was what it was called here. Jet Set Radio was, I think, like one of the second games I ever imported. One of the first ones I ever imported. Imported that and beat it. Um Played a lot of Fire Pro D on my Dreamcast. Oh, you did? You imported Where did you import it from? Uh, was it a website? What was that, that website? Been, that would have been Japan Video Games that I got it from at the time. That was the import site? Oh, there's a bunch of them. That's just where my buddy and I my, got our stuff. I think I told you before, my electronic boutique had import games in yeah. the mall. I was oh, yeah. shocked by One that. One of ours did too, yeah. especially during the Dreamcast era. Yeah. They tried it for a little bit, but it didn't, didn't stick. But I remember seeing. I remember going to electronic boutique and there was a little section for... I think they even had they even had like Turbo Graphics games in like '96 still there sitting there. It was weird. So, so you so you love the Dreamcast. I played a shitload I, of I, Fantasy Star Online. It seems like a lot of people that have this fondness for the Dreamcast. It was like this sweet age of they were like a uh, high school, a uh, late high school, or going to college, and like that was like they're sort of like growing up console. It seems like to, it was my I've last seen. year of high school. It was yeah. it was one of those consoles where I everything I had for it I had bought on my own and that had been true for a lot of my systems like i like my parents got my brother and i our playstation but at that point i was mostly buying all of the games and stuff but the dreamcast was just mine 100 percent, and it was the i don't know it represents this weird coming of age this weird millennia <laughs> this weird like millennium design aesthetic and it with, was the, with the with the smooth white no, cream just color. in general like the the games themselves all have a you know there's a very certain style from oh, the, oh yeah the art style for the uh, Sega games, at least, yeah. And it was the last time I remember, like, feeling, I don't know, this weird, like, video gamey joy about video games. Shortly, because, probably because there was a lot of arcade game ports and stuff still on it. So there was a lot oh. of pick-up-and-play titles. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I, I love that system. I wish I hadn't gotten rid of some of the games I really liked on it when I moved. Because, like, Cannon Spike goes for about $250 now, and I love that damn Cannon Spike? Oh, Cannon Spike. That. It's a Capcom. It's one of the harder to find games. It's a Capcom overhead shooter, um, where you play as like different characters from different games. Um, yeah, my my friend, uh, my roommate in college, Rocco, had it. Um, I remember playing it. 
I think I, had, I think I told a story before. Probably on the fifteenth anniversary, five years ago, the podcast. I remember going over to his his house in uh, Manalapin, New Jersey, I believe, and um, he had it downstairs in the basement. There was like I didn't know anyone but Rocco. He was a swimmer, and he had it on like it wasn't even a big TV. It was like on a fifteen inch TV, but he had Soul Calibur on there. Mm-hmm. I looked at. It, I was like, I knew what to. I knew it was going to be Soul Calibur. I just I was just shocked that it was like literally the arcade. I was like, this is shocking. This is that to me was like that was it. I don't count the Neo Geo because Neo, Neo Geo was prohibitively expensive for everyone as being like an arcade console. Right. Um. I to me the Dreamcast that was it. That was like we are officially at a point where you know the, the home console market is the same or better than than the arcade because the N sixty four was not better than Killer Instinct in the arcade. Um. It, it didn't match it, but this matched it. Yeah. This absolutely matched it. Yeah. And to uh, me, it was, to me, it was shocking. Like like one to one, and that's why I always say like to me the arcade era ends at the Dreamcast. That was a point where they couldn't hook you into the arcade anymore because home consoles were now at just as good or better than arcade games. Sure, that was it. It took to the late nineties to get there. Um, and so for me, that's how I look at it. I didn't own it, so I don't have this you know looking back fondness of it. But um, yeah, to me it was just sort of like it was like that. I don't know the, the, the turning the millennium sort of thing was that sort of maybe like the changing of the the guard of technology maybe that's what it is too you know you had that come out and then you had the PlayStation about the same time so PlayStation two excuse me so that 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 to me was a big leap forward I guess to a lot of people right for video games there's a huge difference between the PS one and PS two you know and um, yeah maybe that's it the VMU was always cool it seemed like at that point since Sega you know made made all, tons of errors obviously to get to that point between 32x right after this if it was just a sega city they would have been fine but the fact that they, did, they came out with the 32x they shouldn't have done that they should have waited and just did the saturn and the saturn they dropped support so quickly so people are like what the fuck right. is going on anymore obviously that poisoned the well if there was no if there was no 32x and no sega saturn uh they could have lasted to the genesis until probably the dreamcast they could have got there and lurched to there and probably would have been a success and it would have taken the huge hit they did and, and Sega maybe still would have doing consoles. I don't know. I don't like doing what ifs. But um, we know why Sega failed. But it wasn't because the Dreamcast was a bad console. No, absolutely, absolutely was not. not. Um, yeah, they only supported the Dreamcast what two years and they were done. So it's, it's, it's kind of a shame. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. It's kind of sad. You know, kind of sad. Uh, real quick, because we, we the, the launch titles were robust. I didn't realize there was eighteen launch titles. Yeah, it had one of the like biggest. Um, I would say strongest launches. So they knew like we have to go all in on this. This is mm-hmm. it. We can't. We we can't have a, a they, third failure of a console. They had in a row. to have or, enough stuff to make it worth buying right then and there. Because people still because people just bought their phones. Saturn. Yeah, people sold their Saturn for a year or two before. Um, Power Stone. Power Stone is fantastic. Mortal Kombat Gold, not so much, but Soul Calibur and Power Stone. So, I mean, fantastic. Soul right Calibur off the bat. is just a, a. I mean, it's an amazing fighting game. Soul Calibur, um, Sonic Adventure, obviously. It's legendary to people. Expendable, I have no clue what that is. Nah, Expendable, don't really know. Blue Stinger was bad, but also fun. It's uh, like a Resident Evil clone. I played it once. Um, I, I, Yeah, I liked I it. Uh, Hydro Thunder is fantastic Everyone, on the yeah. Dreamcast. Everyone, it's, it's amazing on the Dreamcast. Yeah, great arcade game. Too. Trick Style I don't know much about. Uh, Tokyo Extreme Racer would become one of the biggest sleepers on that system. Really? That series is so much fun. Um, they later did a Tokyo Lice's Extreme Court. 2, and then there was a few... It's uh, like their Gran Turismo? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, 
flag to flag. Pen Pen Triicelon is quirky and weird, and I might be one of the only people who likes it, but just, I do love it. You skipped over Monaco Grand Prix, too. Uh, I don't know. I don't care about it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just talking about the ones that I like. Don't care about Hardcore Heat. House of the Dead 2 was cool, but at the time it was weird because they did not release their gun in the U.S. because it was around Columbine, so they did not release Really? Their, I... They did not release the official Sega like Dreamcast gun. Later on, basically, uh, later on, though, essentially, uh, Mad Cat's Mad Cats did one. They beat him to the punch, Sega? I don't. I just don't think Sega ever brought theirs out. Okay. Um, NFL 2K, uh, the game that... You missed Air Force Delta. Air Force Delta, Arrow Wings, etc. Uh, NFL 2K uh, was a... Uh, the game came out right in the middle of my brief, probably six-year love affair of uh, football games. I played NFL 2K more than... More than I can. People still say that series is better than Matter. To this day, they're like, 2K was the best football People game. People come in looking for 2K5 on the PS2 and Xbox all the time because it is. It's a fucking fantastic game. And then Ready to Rumble and NFL Blitz 2000. There's at least four titles there that are absolutely worth picking up for the system. Uh, and out of a launch, that's pretty big. We're skipping one of the best things ever, Ian. Hmm. That Sega had their fishing rod controller. Ah, uh, yes. How, could, how could you skip that? You're the fishing man. Yeah, I am. Did you play some fishing games? Uh, yeah, I did actually play fishing games. Oh, Dreamcast. So. There was an official Sega Dreamcast like them, by yeah, the way. Yeah, but not here. Oh, did it? Oh, it was only Japan. Yes. It looks like a space gun. Why couldn't it come out here? It's, it's, it looks more ridiculous than the Zapper does. I think the Dreamcast one that came out here—that's technically "quote unquote" official. It's the Mad Cats one. Okay, that's weird as hell. That's right, because it has a double thing on it. With a little cross pad on the bottom, mm-hmm. I think I have that somewhere. But the fishing rods, though, that was a that was they marketed that heavily, didn't they? The yes. fishing rod controller. I don't know if it was marketed heavily, but everyone knew about it. I mean, everyone knew about it, you know. And then plus, you know, plus, you know, they, they, obviously they had the the first uh, built in modem. That, that's great. The fifty six k connection, right? Yes, yes. On there, and then what they had they did the Ethernet thing. You could you could have got didn't some consoles have it built in? They're hard to find. Isn't there some Ethernet? Uh, yeah, there's, you can, yeah, you can get a broadband adapter. For oh, there's a broadband adapter. Okay, yeah. um, so that, so they did that. I don't think I remember remember my friend playing that. I can't remember if you ever did multiplayer uh, on that. And then if, then they even had a keyboard and mouse you could get. So they were like cr- crossing into like PC territory with the Dreamcast. Did you have the keyboard or mouse on it? Mm-hmm, I did. You did. For what, what did you use it with? Uh, Quake and Fantasy Star. Oh, you went full. You went full FPS. I did mouse and keyboard. Oh, nice. Quake, yeah. How how was Quake on it? it really good. It was, it was Quake Two, Quake Three, Quake Three. Yeah, Quake Three Arena, and it was it was really uh, well done. Uh, it was. I was uh, always see. I actually never used the broadband adapter on it, and I was always amazed at how smooth games like Fantasy Star Online and Quake Three uh, Arena were. Netcode baby. That using the the dial up modem, it was everything was really well optimized. The broadband it. adapter still goes for like a, over a hundred dollars. I yeah. wonder if people still actually use it. To play certain uh, stuff. You can, I believe. I believe that's... I believe using the broadband adapter is how people still occasionally do, like, classic PSO nights. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. Well, there's the Dreamcast. The Sega's swan song there, and uh, people still love and swear by it. The library is... What is it? What is the library? 300 games? It's a decent-sized library for... I always put it at, like, 255 in the U.S., but I know it's wrong because I've said 255 so many times. 255? That's what I think it is, but I, I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong. Um, U.S. Let's Dreamcast see. library. 619 games on this list, which includes titles exclusive North America. If it's 619 total, that's pretty damn big for, for something that exists. 248. For... 
for 48 US. Yep. That's pretty big for for stopping support. I was support actually within, somewhat close. <laughs> within, they stopped support like what, two, two, years. two years. That's a lot of games yeah. in two years. That's what I mean. Like when, I, when, when we started the segment, I said for a while there, I could honestly walk into a GameStop every Wednesday when new games would get put up and find something that was interesting, something that was worth playing. And then if it was if it was 619 total, I guess obviously that includes a lot in Japan didn't come out here. That's a lot of games. And if in Japan, what was it, out for three years in Japan? Uh, let's see. What was the last game made? Uh, two thousand three. That was the last game. Two thousand two. Uh, there's some that say two thousand three on here. So that's a that's a while here. So in Japan, they're still making games for another year or two after here. It looks like. So okay. So that's a nice little system there, Ian. Nice, cute. And it, it was also one of those last systems that had like its own identity, right? That like. Library is totally unique to what we have here for the most part. Yeah, I mean there How were there were there were some multi-platform games, but not many, not many. I mean, yeah, that was kind of the last system before things really started. Yeah, to with the Xbox and PS2, they, they, they came together. GameCube was the, sort of separate. The but, end of the yeah. GameCube was kind of the end of that because the GameCube did hold some exclusives, and then a lot of those started filtering out, out as to well. the other systems like the Canon or the Capcom exclusives sure. especially. Um some of the Sega exclusives like the Monkey Ball games ended up going to all the other systems. So um yeah. I mean you still get that with Nintendo now, because obviously you only get Nintendo's first party games on their systems, but it it's still not as defining of a library as something like the Dreamcast, Dreamcast. where well, you- so much of the third party content was also uh, sure. When you when you stuff. see the Dreamcast game, you go, "That's a Dreamcast game." Yeah. You're not deciding it was like the Xbox or PS2 or right. GameCube. All right, I- Ian. Mm-hmm. GameStop. Mm-hmm. They're hanging on. Mm. They they got their they got their initiatives going. Auto, Auto Plus Auto Plus guy is uh, Auto Parts Plus guy is trying to keep it together. Their CEO, and so I, I was sent the link to um uh, the GameStop Prior Plaza uh, on uh on Facebook about, I guess, a store manager. They've reset one of their stores to the new look. I guess, I'm guessing this is like the, their retro-style store because there's retro game console set up in the back here. So, But it's an interesting yeah. video. It's only like, like 90 seconds long, but they, they, he walks through the store before, it, I guess, it's open now. Um, yes, and so I'm going to pull up some pictures. Uh, you have pictures? I don't have pictures. sent me some other pictures, too, it looks like. Okay. Uh, I'll send you a link. Please, so, uh, so it's it's interesting how um, it looks inside. It looks a lot more comfortable. I it's very that. open. It's open. Uh, I was thinking that maybe I would see more games, but you don't really. There's still lots of toys and stuff like that. But they, I mean, they seem to have taken the whole "we're going to try to make this look like a place to hang out" thing to heart because they did. There's, um, you know, displays with all the retro games, but then there's actually uh, retro games. Um, well, you want to start from the front and front and go back. Here, let me give you these pictures real quick. In the front, there's a, there's a like a 65, 70 inch TV set up with a couch, I guess, to play. That's to play modern stuff, so you can hang out. Okay, I dropped some. Okay, yeah. And then as you walk in, yeah, there's there's little. It's cute. It's almost like a, a department store set up for the T-shirt. It's not on a rack anymore. It's actually it's actually a better display because you right. can pick them up. You can see the designs, and they're not just like having a hundred shirts. You know, they're specialized shirts. And then you have you know your PS4 display. As you go further on, you have 
You have drawers, which I think is interesting, and you have stuff on, on the shelves there. Then you have like d- displays of, of the merchandise you can buy, like the Thanos Infinity Glove in, in this glass case to, to show off the merchandise. So it's a classier setup yeah. for a store. It's, it's, it's more like you see like a, a traditional department store uh, here. Um, then you go past the counter in the middle uh, there. You go back, uh, and then you have um, you have your little corporate board meeting setup you want to say there's there's three tables they have four big crt tvs that they uh, source from somewhere Mm -hmm. like good crt tvs like 27 inch tvs 27 to 32 inch tvs with with comfy computer chairs and then they have an uh xbox setup uh gamecube n64 am i missing one they have a PS2 there? No. They have three three retro consoles set up there. Interesting, they don't have a PS2 there. Uh, just to play. I guess to sample whatever, even though I, I'm guessing a lot of stores don't have those, but I guess these stores have to carry those games. Well, this or is, should. This is new. So, I, yeah, who knows if this is going to be what they try to do for all of them. Um, and even the checkout counter is like a department store. It's open. They're not behind like a, a big uh, counter. It's like an open. You can walk into it. That's like going to like a JCPenney. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's very down to earth. Yeah, very homesy. It. So, and then if you uh, if you look at these photos, the photos um, it'll show you other things. So they sell streaming equipment now. Um, they've got a lot of streaming equipment like on display on these racks. Uh, it shows a nice display showing you know uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, an N sixty four, and a GameCube. Um, there's a Dreamcast. It's the only non-Nintendo retro system in there. Oh, they have, they have a Dreamcast? Yeah, there's a Dreamcast in, uh, in, in the one picture of the case. And then it shows the uh, shows the uh, tube TVs a little bit closer. <laughs> there's a Zapper for some reason. Oh, there's an NES there, too. Yeah. That's, they're just basically showing them. I don't know if they're selling those. They're just showing them off. Uh, and they have, they have uh, you know, a, a, a snack a snack counter now. Um, oh, you're gonna have greasy GameCube controllers in the back. People playing Melee. <laughs> so, and the guy who sent it to me said that when he went and checked it out, um, he saw people playing. Um, I I think one of the trading card games, and uh, he said he saw like. Oh, that's the table in the middle. You can do that. Yeah, yeah. And he said the the. So let me let me read what he says here. There's a Retron Five setup to play retro games. That's interesting. So this is from uh, Billy J. Whiteside. He was the one who uh, sent me this stuff, but. Um, games. So he said he went by the GameStop last night and took it all in. He can only speak for this store, but it seems the employees are able to chill out more and do more relationship building than selling. Employees are playing Switch and tabletop games with customers, nailing that hangout spot vibe. Um, got a better look at the game stations. All CRTs have Retron 5 with HDMI to AV adapters. Gross. Uh, N64, PS2, Xbox, and GameCube are also available to play. Any games in stock can be played on these as well as a permanent stock of some of the more popular games for these systems not for sale. Store plans on doing video game and tabletop tournaments as well. Personally, I don't care for GameStop, but I do think this is a good direction for them. Uh, I mean... Yeah, I mean, where else can they go? My, my take on... Right. My I mean, take on this is... I don't think it's going to save GameStop, no. but the employees and the people who are shopping there are probably going to enjoy their time there more until it's gone. Well, especially if they, I mean, especially if what we'd have to see, but if what he says is true, you know, they want, you know, the customer, the, you know, the employees to interact with the customers. The only way you're going to get this to work is to truly have these people coming back and partaking in things like these tournaments, buying the snacks, using the hangout space, you know, with. I'm assuming you have to buy something like 
it's going to be tough. They have to make customers feel welcome and hope that that brings in more sales. Well, the problem is that it's coming when they're losing so much money. Yeah, well, yeah. So say this is a big say in the best case scenario, this is a big success. Whatever model stores, maybe they they do this like five or ten stores to transform their whatever th- hundreds thousand stores. You know how much money that's going to take to do that? Yeah. To tr- transform all those stores to get them all sourced with all these re- retro games and to get the you know, you have to also retrain employees in a way to interact with people again in a natural way. This is a huge undertaking to totally rebrand and remodel all your stores. This is what this is. I think the more likely scenario is that they're going to see this probably maybe work here and there, and then whatever stores they decide to keep open when they close, whatever eighty nine percent of these games will be closed eventually. This is probably going to go the way Radio Shack, where they're going to have like some stores here and there that are still profitable. But like corporate's going to be downsized to such an extent, there'll be like one game stop stop in every state potentially, or every major metropolitan location that they're going to remodel. Maybe whatever one still exists because they see it's going to be a success. Maybe, but they can't do this for every store. It's too late. Yeah, you, oh, you yeah. had to have done this like five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, it's too little, too late. Um, that, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It, it's it's nice, and I actually think it's it, cute. It, it, it is cute. It's a it's a stop in the right. It's a it would have been a step in the right direction if this was a few years ago. But because when you look at a store, you're not just looking at a place to buy things. You need an experience, and GameStop was not providing any sort of experience to people. Right, they weren't. There was just there was just like a Toys R Us, but for just for video games. Like, come in, buy our games, and get the hell out. Yeah, like that's it, and that doesn't fly when you can not only buy your buy digital games with more and more, but the fact that you can buy your Amazon games and get them sent to you the day they come out. You don't have to worry about sending online or dealing with a snooty employee potentially, or having them push you to buy their subscription or Game Pass bullshit. They just they age themselves out basically by not changing. Yeah, but you can buy Cheez Its now and Sour Patch Patch Kids, and uh, my my cousin Andy would have loved this because he was always eating Sour Patch Kids. While gaming, I yeah, the tournaments is a great idea. I mean, this is this is honestly like, like Digital Press New Jersey had a meet up once a month with all the, the NAVA meetings. They still have them, and they they have tournaments. You can trade games. It, you can congregate, and um, that was a great model. Um, that that other retro game store should probably do because that's a good idea to get people in the store at least once a month to hang out and buy stuff. But um, yeah, they got their nice Sony CRT TVs. Those are like the high quality, like last generation uh, CRT TVs yeah. that everyone wants. Uh, you got you get your snowboard kids. I saw. Uh, this <laughs> so I wonder, can you just buy those? Are those, those are the only retro games they have? Or are they just showing off like a display of retro? I guess it looks like more like a, like a display. They're pictures. I don't know. Because there's not even controllers for every console there. There's like, oh, we have a Dreamcast here. Remember retro games? That thing is what it's more it's like. It's more like almost like a semi-museum experience at that point. Right? Uh, you're supposed to be able to buy them and play them. I mean, they could just be leaving the cords up because it makes everything look is ugly. There, is, is, is there Super Nintendo games in the drawer there? Because they're not on display. You think you want to display the Super Nintendo games or you know, or, or GameCube games or Dreamcast games. I don't see I don't see this being a like total Funko Land where you want to ask someone, can I play the, Can I play some NES games? And then you have an employee have to Q-tip clean. I don't think it's going to be that. That Speaking of training... You got to train people on on these particular systems then as well. It's that same sort of problem, not not to the same extent as having. Say, a it's not going to be nearly as big of a deal. Sure, but come on. The first time someone can't get an NES console going, they didn't grow up with it. They're going to be panicking. How do I get this NES console to work on this? All right, I well, hopefully we see more stories of this coming out. And you know, I, if it's a good idea, it's a good idea. I don't want it to totally fail on on its face, fall on its face. You know, why not? All right, Ian. 
We got a Patreon poll topic. Ian, how do you access the CU Podcast Patreon? Go to patreon.com slash CU Podcast. Okay. It's there. It's Browse it. Browse it over. Browse open, it over. Open your wallet. Give yourself a thinking face. Go, hmm, yes, I can spare a few dollars a month. And, uh, you know, I uh, give you writings. There's uh, poll poll questions that we're doing. We're doing one right now. We're doing he, a poll he, question. He does a monthly hangout. We're doing a poll. We're doing a poll. This is controversy, Ian. All right. Because we, we have a two-way tie. You told me it wasn't a tie. You told me one was 61 and one was 60. Thanks for giving it away, Ian. Well, then it's not a tie. <laughs> I was, can I you help me explain the, explain the total here? I, oh, my God, Ian. You know what? I, well, it's I, not I, controversy. I, I storytell on the podcast. Holy shit. There's six years you know where I'm going with some of these thoughts. Mm. So, Ian, there was controversy. There was a, there was a, a tie when I first looked. It was 43% to 40%. In third place, that 14% was, what type of museums would take retro game donations? 14%, because maybe people realize that almost none would. But there was a two-way tie, 43%. Will Nintendo ever have a dedicated handheld console again? And why aren't there more free demos being offered for digital games? So I said, tie, Ian. I had to download the results. I had to go and download the Excel file and do a tabulation like my dad used to do, uh, doing his, his spreadsheet back in 1991 and Lotus Notes. Lotus, one, two, three. So there was one more vote. The winner with one more vote. I had to double check. I had to recount. Why aren't there more free demos being offered for digital games? Ian, take it away. So I'm not sure what made this come up. This question was first asked of us. Um, it was on Twitter at first. Yes. I think it was right after uh, Dragon Quest Eleven put its um, playable demo on the Switch. Uh, you don't see a ton of demos online for games anymore. Um, with RPGs, though, some RPGs lately, they have been. Um, Octopath Traveler did it. Uh, Dragon Quest did it. Uh, basically, where you can start playing the game, and then if you like it, you can actually continue from where you left off when you download the full version, which I think is a fantastic idea. I think the main reason, though, that a lot you don't see many online uh, interactive or playable demos anymore is I just don't think that a lot of companies have the faith in their games anymore to do that. So many games are coming out with day one patches or, Mm -hmm. I mean, games are, you know, so many games now have review embargoes, which are basically, you know, if it's embargoed for the day of, then that's too, there's something to be hidden there. They want you to buy the game before you read the review. They don't want you to be able to play or have your own um, opinion of the game because it would hurt pre-orders. It'll hurt day one sales. So I do think that's why you don't... So marketing. Yeah, it, it's marketing. It's not worth it. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, not worth the you know the, the potential for it to get out there, have people discover something broken, and then have it broken game. destroy uh, you know their chances of releasing it. Look what happened. I mean, I think the the biggest example of this, the best example is, I believe that was NBA two, NBA Live eleven, maybe. But it was the one where they released the demo. It was supposed to be the big year of the game's return. They released the demo, and it was horribly broken, and it was an awful game. And it actually stopped them from releasing it. Like, the game did not come out. That's right. They scrapped it and said, we got to put it off. So I, I think for a lot of these, you know, it's not to sound harsh, but I think some of these developers under pressure, the publishers don't want to put 
a, a demo out there because they don't want to see that they're rushing their developers. Essentially. Well, logistically, it's more time and resources to dedicate to a demo potentially. Because sometimes demos are, are are not just like the first part of the game. Sure. Sometimes they're totally different. So that's time and money that you can be putting towards the game development. And if you don't see the return on that investment versus traditional marketing, just getting the, the early game into influencers' hands at this point in time when people on Twitch or on YouTube, why bother, right? You can do a lot. You can I can show if I can show a game to thousands of people by someone streaming it, that that's probably more than the people that would download it. You know what I mean? Like doesn't make any sense yeah. to go through all that trouble. Like you said, then there's issues potentially. They play the game, they find a bug or something, or something's broken. Um, as anti-consumer as it is, it just doesn't make, doesn't make business sense. It doesn't make business sense. The other, but the, what does make business sense, I saw in this article, which I didn't think about, is that sometimes uh, you come out with a demo, it gives pirates extra time to try to find exploits before the full version comes out, if sure. it uses the same protection methods. So that doesn't make any sense as well uh, there. Um I think in this day, day and age, when you now have you do you do get reviews sometimes for games come out still or on the day one, um, and you do have influencers playing games early. There's just less of a need. You see so much more footage of games nowadays than you ever did before before it comes out. True. So in, in essence, if you watch someone playing it early, you you kind of are getting a demo. You're just not playing it. But if you see someone play it on Twitch early, it's play like a beta version of it. That's your demo. I hate to say it. That's your demo. You're getting some of the experience. You're getting their their input while they play it. So that's just the way that I guess the market shifted in terms of, of how these these games uh, come out. But but yeah, I, I putting out putting out demos just for the sake of it. What, what do you put out a demo game and no one, no one downloads it anyway? I'm thinking more about smaller indie games because uh, I think for they're more important, obviously. For indie yeah. games, because you may not be able to get in the influencers' hands, but then that's resources you have to put, do that as well. Uh, so yeah, that's probably why we're we missing anything, or is that pretty much? Yeah, I think we covered all, all the reasons there. That's, that's a that's a solid educational, uh, edutainment, CU podcast uh, poll topic there. Uh, Patreon.com/slash CU podcast. Ian's yawning. It's been a long podcast. It's been a while. Which means we're, we're not we're gonna, not going to do any more topics. I guess we're going to stop it. It's like an hour forty. Yeah, yeah, we can That's stop. We, we got we, we got this stuff for we can we can save a couple of these for next time. All right. Well, uh, Ian and I will be at Portland Retro Gaming Expo, October eighteenth to twentieth. That's right. And you know what I'm going to have there, Ian? What? I'm going to have Ultimate Nintendo Guide to the SNES Library. It's a book. It's a it's a thing. Look at that. Look at the layout. The layout's better than the NES book. Beautiful. You like the different colors? It's nice. Yeah. I do. Yeah, it took a long time to do that, but <laughs> did it? Yes, it took a lot more extra time. To... I had no idea. No, I mean, just, I mean, just the colors. <laughs> you know, yes, the whole book, but just the colors to customize each of eight hundred games. Yes, eight hundred. Because I, I, what I did is I picked like a color from the cart label to sort of like accentuate it, and actually it was a cool effect. Nice. There, I know, I know. I have an eye for this stuff. Like that and wall color. It's a decent color. On here's warm. It's inviting. <laughs> You're like, nope, I wouldn't do that. Uh, anyway, so that's available at ultimatesnes.com, um, and that'll be shipping. It's getting on the cargo container Wednesday. Please don't, please don't drift to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. And that'll be, and that'll be shipping out in October. Uh, the book later in October. Uh, to backers, thanks so much for your support there. Maybe you'll get one of the demo copies. Woo! Oh, oh, now he's excited when he gets free stuff. Um, and then we got a shirt. We do. We got a shirt. You got two weeks left to buy it. My man's shirt. You go to teespring.com. 
slash my dash man dash cu podcast there and you can pick up a shirt or hoodie or or sticker or other things i think there's a towel too there's a uh, there's a jock jams towel i'll whoop it up i'll whoop it up jock jams towel you can get there as well um there so uh yeah fun times and glad to be back ian glad to have i'm I'm, I'm all hawaiian this this week you're very very i'm all i'm all uh very tropical i'm all aloha so mahalo to you all oh my god for listening to the CU podcast. All right, I'm going to go put him down.